Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. I'm glad you're still here. It's very snowy when I'm writing this. Um, I will definitely need to go out and shovel today or the day that I wrote this. Who knows what it'll look like when this episode drops on March 1st. Um, I mean, I do remember a blizzard that happened in April here once. Uh, Yeah, that was fun. Anyway, uh, today we have an incredibly complicated play, so I'll stop talking about the snow. Today's selection is Plautus's Epidicus, and when I say that it's complicated, oh boy, uh, Henry Thomas Riley includes a brief plot summary at the start of, of each play in this complete works of Plautus um, that he translated. Um, and usually, you know, it's maybe five sentences or so, short paragraph. Yeah, this one's more than a page long. Um, it, is, it, 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 is, it is some play. Um, it's, um, no surprise, another undated work, and it's based on a Greek play, like we typically see in Plautus. But um, that Greek original involved half-siblings getting married, which was absolutely taboo in Rome. So Plautus had to change that point. And that may be one of the reasons the plot is as complicated as it is, because he had to work around fixing that problem. Now, the good news is that a lot of the characters do fit pretty well into their stock types. Um, It's just there are a lot of them, and they pretend to be other people, and we don't even necessarily meet them before that happens. I'll talk more about that later. So we have uh, Periphanes, who is our old man, and his son, uh, Stratipocles, who is, you know, our love-struck young man. He is in love with Acropolistus, a slave girl. Uh, just like Romeo, however, who, you know, only has eyes for Rosalind until he sees Juliet, Stratipocles then falls for a girl named Telestus. And this is where the taboo comes in, because Telestus is Periphanes's illegitimate daughter. Her mother is Philippa. Epidicus, our title character, is our clever slave, and he's owned by Periphanes. Um, Thesprio is his buddy and is owned by Stratipocles. Stratipocles's BFF is Caribolus, and Periphanes's BFF is Apacides. Um, there's an unnamed Miles Glorios's character. He's just the captain, and there are, of course, an assortment of unnamed slaves, servants, performers. There's a music girl who will play an important role, um, but she doesn't have a name. Uh, she's just the music girl. Um, important to the plot, though. So. I will do my best to help you keep everyone straight. Um, And I'll also do my best to keep the plot straight. So with that, let's take a short break before we dive in. As the play starts, Thesprio and Epidicus enter. Epidicus is pleased to see Thesprio because the latter has been away at war in Thebes and is now home safe. Stratipocles has survived the war, but he's not quite ready to face his father yet. He just isn't ready to explain um, that he purchased one of the female captives to bring home. Epidicus is furious to learn this because Stratipocles had assigned Epidicus to purchase a different girl while he was away at the war. To make matters worse, Stratipocles had to borrow 40 minae um, in order to buy this Theban girl, and now that he's home, he's going to have to repay the money. Um, 
the banker is, you know, supposed to come with the girl. Anyway, um, after a lengthy scene, Thesprio exits. Um, Epidicus rehashes this news with himself, sees Stratipicles coming, and hides. Stratipicles and Charybulus enter. Stratipicles is in the process of telling Charybulus everything, um, and eventually Epidicus steps forward, and the two young men beseech him to help Stratipicles pay his debt and get his girl. Epidicus tells him that there's this captain who will be willing to buy the first girl that Stratipicles was in love with, um, which would then give them the money to pay for the other. Stratipicles and Charybulus exit into Charybulus's house, because again, Stratipicles isn't ready to go home and face the music. Um, Epidicus speaks to himself briefly before following them. Apacides and Periphanes enter. They speak about Periphanes's dead wife and how he wants to marry this poor woman who happens to be the mother of his illegitimate daughter, and how he's also concerned about his son. Epidicus has been eavesdropping on this conversation and enters, telling the audience how he plans to swindle Periphanes to get the money for Stratipicles. He then joins the conversation. He offers his advice to Periphanes, suggesting that Periphanes purchase the woman Stratipicles is in love with and then selling her off to the captain before Stratipicles returns home. We're talking about the first girl here, not the second one. Periphanes, of course, has no clue that Stratipicles has now declared himself to be in love with a different woman, with the second one. And to prevent Stratipicles from discovering this plan, Apacides and Epidicus will take charge of the plot. Periphanes gives Epidicus the necessary money, Periphanes exits into his house, and Epacides exits off stage. Epidicus soliloquizes about his plot before following Periphanes inside. And I apologize, I think I'm going back and forth on how I'm pronouncing that name. Sometimes I'm saying Periphanes and sometimes I'm saying Periphanes. It's the same person. I probably will find myself doing that throughout. And I, I apologize because that will probably make it even more confusing. Okay. Next scene. Stratipicles and Charybulus enter. They talk about how they are both broke, which is, of course, why they need Epidicus to get them money. Epidicus enters with the money and hands over what Stratipicles needs to repay his debt. Then he explains his plan. He'll go to the forum and find a music girl to pretend to be Stratipicles' love, um, the first one. And, and yeah, it's really convoluted and only starts to make sense once it's put into action so <laughs> I'll just leave it at this. Epidicus explains his plan to Stratipicles and Charybulus. Epidicus exits towards the forum and Charybulus and Stratipicles go back into Charybulus's house. Periphanes enters and repeats his concern about his son's behavior. Apacides enters with a music girl. Um, what is important to understand is that she is neither of the two women uh, for whom Stratipicles has declared his love. This is a third woman. She does, This is the one who doesn't have a name. She doesn't have a name. She's just the music girl. Despite this, Apacides thinks that she is the woman that we know by the name Acropolistus, um, the first woman that Stratipicles declared his love for. The music girl, for her part, thinks that she's just been hired to play at this sacrifice that Periphanes is getting ready to perform. Apacides thinks that this is just a ruse that Epidicus has used to secure the girl. The music girl exits into Periphanes's house, and Apacides exits back to the forum, and then Periphanes steps aside when he sees someone else coming. The captain and one of his servants enter. He's looking for Periphanes. He's heard that Periphanes is the current owner of his, his love, um, and he's come to buy her off him. 
As far as Periphanes knows, everything is going according to plan, so he calls for the music girl, and she enters. The captain is most confused, because this is not the music girl he's looking for. And Periphanes is most confused, because he's certain that this is the music girl that his son is in love with. And the music girl is most confused, because Acropolistus has already had her freedom purchased by Stratipocles, which of course comes as a surprise to Periphanes. Now, it, it probably would be a surprise to the captain too, but he's already exited by the time this revelation is made. Since it turns out that there is no sacrifice, the music girl leaves. Periphanes bemoans this turn of events and again steps aside. Philippa enters. She is looking for Periphanes, the man she had a fling with in Epidauros many years ago. After a rather awkward conversation, Philippa tells him that their daughter, whom Periphanes has never met, was captured in Thebes. Periphanes reassures her that he'd already heard this happened and gave his servant money to purchase her, so the girl is now at his house, and he calls for her to come outside. Acropolistus enters. Periphanes is quite pleased with his act of reuniting mother and daughter. Philippa, however, is baffled because, of course, Acropolistus is not her daughter. For her own part, Acropolistus is happy to call Philippa mother if she's been told to, or to call Periphanes father, because that's what he wants to be called. I mean, she's not sure why they want this. Philippa's not her mother, he's not her father, but if it makes the people happy, why not? Periphanes starts to tear out his hair, realizing that Epidicus has tricked him, and Philippa starts to weep because her daughter is still missing. Acropolistus and Philippa exit into Periphanes' house, and Periphanes exits to search for Epidicus. Stratipocles enters from Cerebulus' house. He grumbles about how the banker has yet to arrive with the girl he purchased in Thebes. He sees Epidicus coming, and Epidicus enters. The banker and Telestus follow shortly thereafter. Stratipocles goes back into the house to fetch the money. Epidicus eyes Telestus and comments that she looks an awful lot like the daughter of Periphanes and Philippa. And Telestus says that's because she is the daughter of Periphanes and Philippa. And Epidicus knows that this is a snag that can't be overcome. Stratipocles returns, the deal is completed, and the banker exits. Epidicus then reveals to Stratipocles that he's fallen in love with his half-sister, which breaks that spell for Stratipocles. The newly reunited, or I mean, I suppose united since they've never really met each other, brother and sister exit into their father's house. Epidicus calls for Thesprio to help him with the mess that's come of everything, and he too exits into Periphanes' house. Periphanes and Epidicus enter, or sorry, Epidicus enter, armed, with, armed to whip Epidicus when they find him. As usual, Epidicus is eavesdropping. He reveals himself and gets handcuffed for his troubles. But before anything worse can befall him, he tells Periphanes that he knows where Telestus is. Periphanes is skeptical at first, but all is revealed. Telestus is reunited with her mother, and Stratipocles decides that he is really in love with Acropolistus after all. Epidicus is released from his shackles, and he tells the audience that now they can clap and stand up and stretch because the play is at an end. Were you able to follow all of that? <laughs> it's horribly complicated. Um, and unlike some of Plautus's plays, I'm 
not sure the complications are simplified that much in performance. Um, whereas the usual one character pretending to be another is usually preceded by an introduction to the character as him or herself, that doesn't happen in Epictetus. Before the play starts, Acropolistus has already been presented to Periphanes as his daughter Telestus. The music girl is presented as Acropolistus the first time she appears on stage, before we've ever seen the real Acropolistus. Um, now, the scenes with the captain and Philippa are they're very funny. Um, the revelation that the music girl isn't Acropolistus and the subsequent revelation that Acropolistus isn't Telestus are those two scenes are delightful. Um, and honestly, I think the play is worth watching for those scenes alone. Um, but understanding how we reached that point, uh, it, it, is, it is not easily done. Um, I do want to focus on those four women. There are four women in this play. That's a lot for Plautus. Um, and three of them have names, which is impressive. Um, so we have the music girl, Acropolistus, Telestus, and Philippa. And they're, they're all pretty great characters. Uh, the two lower class characters, the music girl and Acropolistus, are incredibly witty in the Revelation scenes. Um, and Telestus matches that in the scene in which Stratipicles learns that she is his sister. Um, it, it's not it's not so much Epidicus. I might have implied that Epidicus tells Stratipicles that this is your sister, but it's Telestus that, like, I'm still... Uh, uh, Stratipicles is saying, oh, I'm, I'm so happy to finally finally be with my, and, and Telestus just steps right in, like, your sister, I'm your sister. It, it, it's delightful um, to see these, these women that have not necessarily agency, but power. Um, and, I mean, they're still, they're still acted upon, but but they they match wits with the men. Um, Philippa goes head to head with Periphanes um, in in the scene with him before um, Acropolistus comes on stage, um, and and then you know holds her own in the scene in which Acropolistus is revealed to not actually be Telestus. And I mean, given that in Plautus um, the women that we see tend to be so flat these four women um are what make me love this play that i i can ignore all of the confusion of the first three acts of the play and then we get to you know the end you know acts four and five when when these four women really get to shine and you can kind of forget all of the confusion that went before because they're just delightful and and they've got great lines um, so what what do you what do you think of this most overly complicated of Plautus's frequently complex plots? Um, pop over to the blog and share your thoughts. It's at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. Find me on Patreon as triumvirclio. That URL is also in the show notes. On Wednesday, we will read book three of the Argonautica. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.